0: You're kicking it with the homeboys and the homeboys podcast where we talk everything in the world of real estate investing Whether you're just getting started or a seasoned vet We're going to give you over 40 years of combined real estate experience to help you on your investing journey Today we've got a really exciting knowledgeable guest We are talking with Pete Reese About how to make money and build wealth through the power of real estate his podcast, called the Turning Profit Podcast, is an amazing one where they highlight land investment and him and his wife actually get along and do it together. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little <laughs> bit about that. So, uh, Pete, how are you? We're excited to have you on the show. I'm doing great. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. We're, ex- we're excited to have you. And we talked a little bit before we went on the air, and Scotty you know, mentioned that we don't claim to be um the land experts also so we're we're excited to learn today from you and uh we got to we got to talk to you a little bit about uh the amazing part of the country that you're based out of which is san diego and scotty and i told you how jealous we are to be <laughs> stuck here in indianapolis talking to to someone out in beautiful san diego but uh but anyhow why don't you why don't we just start off with uh, you telling us a little bit about yourself Sure, sure. Well, I appreciate
1: that great intro. And yes, I can't complain about the weather here in San Diego. Oh, um, so nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially this time of the year, really um, really sets itself apart. But uh, as far as real estate goes, I've been kind of in real estate since about 2002, uh, when we started um, flipping homes. My wife and I, we would buy homes and we would fix them up and resell them, um, kind of flipping homes before a you know, before it got real popular, I guess. It yeah. still was a little bit popular. There were some shows on TV and that's kind of how we got hooked on it. But so we started doing that for a while and that was going great until the uh, market crashed in about 2007. And um, we decided to kind of at that point that flipping homes was not the best thing because the buyers had all disappeared. So we uh luckily a couple years before that i had actually got my broker's license and then i figured well i'll just transition into what's working right now and and what was working was bank-owned foreclosure so i kind of put all my focus into listing those type of properties for the banks being an reo listing broker around Mm -hmm. here did that for a number of years and that that kept me busy at a time when a lot of people in real estate were struggling so i was thankful for that not a great business, uh, in my opinion, but, but it's, uh, it was an interesting one and a lot of interesting stories from that. But I ended up working with, um, through that, I ended up getting connected with a lot of large investment companies that were buying properties that they could then flip or hold as, as rentals. But so I was for a while there I was just finding them deals. And that was kind of my focus. I got out of real estate, uh, kind of altogether for a number of years, working with my wife on a business. Um, about blogging and blogger training so she had been uh, had a blog for many years and she had lots of people always asking her about how to do it and about blogging and, uh, blogging yeah wow. yeah okay. uh, travel blogging and lifestyle blogging so and uh, yeah, so we developed a whole business about training business around that, and that uh, became really, really successful and had thousands and thousands of students. And uh, and with that as well, we started really getting into the travel blogging side of things. So as a family of five, we were traveling the world about 150 days out of the year for almost five years straight.
0: 150 so days was, out of the year with, yeah, with your family? Yeah. Yeah, I looked With your bio yeah. up on uh, on online and it, and it did say world traveler. So I'm I'm, I'm seeing oh, where this that's all, an where all this comes in, and that is an understatement. Yeah. World travel is an
1: understatement. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, all right, sorry. Yeah, keep we were, going. We were really into the travel. Yeah, um, wow. And it was it was a great time period, and kind of COVID when that happened, that kind of put the brakes on all the traveling. Yeah, and and then at that point, I was like, well, you know, I'm kind of feel like that chapter is. Uh, I was getting kind of, um, maybe a little bit burnout on that side of things. So I knew I wanted to get back into real estate and real estate investing. And I was just reading online about some different models and things that I could do, stumbled into land flipping and started reading everything I could about it. I would, I, you know, I noticed people talking about, Hey, I bought this property for 10,000 and I sold it for 30,000. I only held it for, you know, 60 days. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. I could, you know, have like those triple your money type returns like that. Uh, So I bought a trading course and I kind of went all in on it and started, you know, sending out mail, which is how you generate your leads in this business and uh, did our first deal in March of 2021 and then ended up 2021, did about 1.2 million and some change in revenue at about 50% gross profit margin. Nice. So on average, you know, we're we're trying to double our money.
2: Yeah. Okay. So any...
1: Yeah. So if we buy a property for twenty
2: thousand, we're trying to net forty thousand after all is said okay. and done. So Well, I have um, so many questions from your yeah. background, but but I wanna sure, yeah. I wanna point out Fire something away. point out something first to to anyone watching this. This entrepreneurial spirit that that you're seeing here is someone who Makes a new plan. He wasn't given anything. He he comes up with these new plans each time and then executes them. And and that's the spirit that we see in a lot of successful. We're very lucky that we get to interview folks and meet with people who have these you know do some really neat things like you're doing now. But your background, I find even more fascinating. The fact that you um, kind of have started from scratch multiple times and you go out and you make it happen and you you admit it. You didn't have all the answers on any of those times and you went out and did it so that's that's very fascinating you know we can relate a little bit i started in 1998 and him in 2001 too yeah, we're, the, um, we're the, real we're estate. The,
0: we're the same time there. Yeah, Pete, flipping. Yeah. and yeah. and we
2: we got our our lunch eaten, you know, in the same crash you did, and and found our yeah. way through it. But um, it's it's interesting that you've landed on the land right now because I, I just watched a Steve Harvey clip that I found really interesting. He said that there's about six acres per human on the planet that uh, of land, and he <laughs> said anyone that doesn't own land, I think to myself, I'll take your part. I'll take your six acres. I'll take your six <laughs> acres. There's a lot of really smart people out there that are really starting to believe in land, not just the flipping it, but even the holding of it, which I know that that's hard to get returns. you got to have some wealth to be able to do that. But but nonetheless, I think this is a topic that's really interesting to a lot of f- folks, and they don't know how to how to turn this into a profit center land. They think, okay, it's land. And you've found some ways to do that. So I definitely want to touch on some of those ways. Again, you talked about holding it and then flipping it. So you look for deals. Do you want to dive dive into that a little bit more and yeah. how you found, find them? Yeah. So the, the whole process is, I mean, it's, it's pretty
1: simple in a way. I mean, we generate all of our business with direct mail, and we put a list together, and this is kind of a big general list, kind of a shotgun approach really for, we'll take a particular state and and maybe a number of counties within that state, and we'll build a list based off of just kind of the acreage size and vacant land. And then we'll kind of filter out the obvious non-sellers, you know, maybe like a utility or a railroad or something like that. And we'll send out actual offer letters to these people based off of average prices per acre in that particular area. Now, obviously, it's a pretty aggressive offer price, um, but that gets the phone ringing. And um, then, you know, we kind of work out deals when people respond and we look at the properties in detail and kind of figure out like, hey, this will work or, you know, we need to get it for this price in order to work. We go through a, you know, an escrow and a title company, and, and purchase everything that way. And we have a, due, uh, you know, whole big due diligence process that we go through as well. And then we'll close on these properties with cash, with our own cash. And then we'll do some kind of minor value add stuff to them. Sometimes could be clearing some brush. It could be getting a survey done. Could be getting a perk test. Something along those lines. And then we'll put them on the market right away and resell them, and we'll put them on the market at a price that's also pretty aggressive, meaning it's slightly below retail in order
2: to get a quick sale. So you you don't. It sounds like your due diligence. A lot of it's done after the fact. Uh, you know, you're doing perk tests to see if you can put in septic's or whatever else the perk tests are for, and and clearing them to maybe make them more attractive to developers. Basically, it sounds like right. So right. you're buying raw. But
1: yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, a lot of our end buyers, we're we're buying stuff that's pretty rural generally, so okay. they're out of the towns or the cities, so a lot of the end buyers end up being, you know, an individual looking to buy either a recreational property or a potential home site for them, or or maybe, you know, buying it
2: thinking okay. that maybe someday I'll build here, that type of thing, but... It's funny, Clinton and I spend. Uh, we've both got these searches set up all over the state of Indiana for. Uh, I want to shoot. I, I like to shoot, and I need a certain amount of acreage in order to shoot and not bother anybody. So we've got these these uh, these searches set up, and and he'd like a cabin at some point. Um, And it's, it's amazing to me how expensive something that is already kind of been researched and is to the point where you could build and all of the, the unknowns are known, you know, someone's already done all of those soil (laughs) things that, that it's amazing how much value add that is to a piece of property. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, Do you ever get into a situation where it doesn't work out where you do those tests and the results aren't what you want, or do you go into this pretty eyes wide open?
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we try to, I mean, we look at soil maps and things like that. And generally uh, in a, a lot of the areas where we do a lot of business, we have a soil scientist that will say, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll send them the soil map and the parcel and everything. We'll say, Hey, what what do you think about this? Do you think we have a good shot of getting this perked? Um, and then they'll give their opinion, you know, before we send them out there before we close on the property. But, you know, a lot of times we try to buy it right. So even if it's, just ends up being a recreation re- recreational property, we'll still be able to sell it. You know? And and these are larger parcels in a way too. So sometimes, you know, What's your average generally size? most of the stuff now is uh, most of it's ten acres or above now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's and it's one of those things that like on a ten acre parcel, there's a lot of places that you could kind of dig some holes and see if see if it would work. So even if it doesn't perk in one area, it doesn't mean that it's not going to perk in a different area. It's just you know, it's just not confirmed yet. So, um, but we try to buy them at a good enough price that we should be fine, even if it, you know, even if it weren't the perk or something like that. It's
2: fascinating to me. I mean, it's fascinating. There's so many ways that you can find success in real estate. I mean, this is one that's like literally never even crossed my mind, you know, the, <laughs> this, this angle, you know. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think it's, you. Un- I mean, unique enough that, uh, I mean, I mean, do you... Do- are there a lot of people getting into this? I mean, do you see a lot of other people getting into this? I've I've listened to a couple of your podcast episodes and stuff. Um, I mean, are you scared about people rushing into this market, or uh, no? You know, I know there's a no, lot a of a lot. lot of land out there, but it seems like yeah, there's a lot you've got a pretty <laughs> yeah. neat little you've got a pretty neat little little niche here. I don't know. It's it's a it's very interesting to me.
1: Well, there you know there are other land investors out there, and there's kind of a niche of people that do this, but. I don't think it's I don't think it's anywhere near being kind of as competitive as say, you know, house flipping is. I mean that that's an ultra competitive kind yeah. of red ocean as they call it. And I I view the land flipping as more of the blue, blue ocean, ocean side right, of things. Yeah. yeah, and anytime you're doing something that works, I mean there's gonna be other people that wanna do it too, which is great. And I just I just don't have that mentality of like a like a scarcity type thing. I think there's enough business and a lot enough potential deals to go around for anyone. We we
2: believe that in every area of real estate. That's why we get on here and we share everything we do. And, and we hope that it helps, helps people succeed.
0: You can can speak for yourself. I'm a, I'm a am a greedy no, old the, man that uh, you are the, you know, you're
2: one of the most generous <laughs> generous people well, I've ever known and so that's that's far I from true that. that's but, but, far but there
0: are true. times where we've been big on um markets like within you know our geographical area like within Indiana and I'm not even going to say the city so I'm going to keep it close yeah, to there my, you go I'll don't, be, it, generous. I'm, yeah, I'm don't gonna, be generous don't be generous but there are certain areas <laughs> that people have uh you know used these areas as the punchline of real estate jokes you know for 20 years and now they're up and coming you know I don't I don't tell my competitors here locally because there's you know there's there's 20 guys that are that are you know here locally that are you know well respected guys I don't want them in those areas, you yeah. know. But,
2: but so yeah. you, this requires uh, liquid capital, though, basically, to do your business model. There's probably not a lot of banking, traditional banking, that that would support this type of of, of business, right?
1: Well, there's two ways to do it. You can do it with your own capital, uh, like I've done. And, and I actually uh, – I'll go into the other way now, which is the, the fact that you can – there's partners out there that will partner on deals. And basically what that means in this business is – The partner will bring all the money and then you split the deal. So, and I did this on a couple of like larger deals and I'll kind of give one as an example. We bought a property uh, last year. It was 656 acres. Um, The property was 315,000. Really good deal. Really beautiful property actually in in the Southeast. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so it was kind of a win-win situation because, the, um, I decided, you know, since it's a bigger, bigger, uh, amount and everything, I'll just do it with a partner, the partner, they sent all the money to close the deal. And then, uh, I was kind of responsible for coordinating with the agent and the marketing side of things. And then after it sold, we split the profits. So he got 50%, I got 50%. So he made a great return on his money for, you know, just putting his money into the deal for a while. And then I Got a
2: really good return, almost an infinite return, because I just had to bring the deal. Yeah, it's interesting. So. It's funny. I, I, sh- I feel like I spoke too soon about that. With real estate, there's always a way to find capital. That's one of the beautiful yeah. things about real estate. No matter what it is, capital can be had. And uh, for people just getting into real estate or, who, who don't think that they can do it, they're wrong. They can you know, it it just takes uh, the hard work and the effort and the willingness to go out and search for partners or search for capital through different means, and it can be done. And that that's something that we really wanted to motivate this next generation with is is folks like you who just they go do it. They make it happen and, you know, they search the capital uh, or they search for the capital and they find a way to make it happen. You know, it sounds like you're not just sitting on $10 billion you're trying to stick into land. No, you're making this stuff happen. You know, you're partners. You know, 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 you're.
1: Yeah. And, you know,. you you will grow faster if you've got your own capital and you just can accelerate and everything like that. But it, you know, a lot of people starting this business, they're, they're doing everything with the partner, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're you're, you're just making fifty percent of the deal. You're just not making a hundred percent of the deal. Right. But yeah, I mean, you've got all you got a family of
0: five. You you need you need to keep yes. some of that money. I know, I know, I do. So when you <laughs> go expensive. to sell all of these uh, properties, is it just is it a local professional that you use to put in the MLS? Is that is that predominantly the the sales exactly. approach? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we really are big on trying to develop relationship with the local land brokers, and uh, that kind of makes all the difference for us. I know a lot of other real estate investors will do all the marketing side of things themselves, but. I'm just a big believer in using the local professionals because they can help us on the purchase, the acquisition side, as far as our due diligence and potential resale price. You know, they give us their second opinion. We give them the listing as soon as we close on it, and then they resell it for us. I mean, the 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 good brokers they've got a buyer list already. They've got um, you know they've got marketing systems in place, and they'll be able to achieve a higher sale price than I would anyhow if I were to put it in some sort of flat fee MLS or you know put it on you know, Craigslist
2: or something, right. Yeah. right. Uh, we, we've noticed so. with land development that we do when we need land, there's only a couple of brokers in the state that are real specialists at land when we need land. And it's amazing to me, they keep it in their pocket. They they're the only yeah. ones who know about these, these deals. So you, yep. you, uh, so you find those people for your locations and then you give it to them basically. Exactly. Yeah, we there's there's brokers that we've done fifty deals with. Oh, you know? really? Do they help well, you find then after the, well, you get that relationship? They help find you? Or uh, they you don't still- help
1: us. They don't help us find the deals. I okay. mean, we generate everything off market with our our um, you know our direct mail, but but they're really valu- very valuable when it comes to you know giving us their second opinion on a property. And, uh, and then
2: obviously getting it sold as well. So do, are you able to lean on them during the purchase process a little to see what their insights are then once you have those relationships? Exactly. Yeah. yeah
1: that's we, that's part of our whole process. And, you know, we kind of laid out in the beginning, like when we try to make a new contact, we're like, Hey, we need, we need a little bit of your help on the acquisition side. You know, your opinion on the property. And then uh, as soon as we close on it, it's, you know, we're giving you the listing. So it's kind of a, we want to make it work their wild and we pay 10% to our um broker partners, so we we make sure that it's worth it for them to work with us, yeah so
0: is is any of it farmland that you're doing sometimes sometimes, sometimes.
1: yeah, it's harder to get a hold of farmland though because it's it's it always seems to fetch a premium in a lot of the areas that I'm dealing with well, yeah I grew
0: but. up in southern Indiana, you know, and I've got a lot of farmers, so good friends of mine, and yeah you know, they're always talking about the price of farmland, you know it's yeah you know it's a pretty hot commodity and you're right it does you know fetch a fetch a premium i know in southern indiana farmers are struggling to find you know enough land you know to be able to farm yep.
2: so are you open to other partners are you uh, money partners if people are watching you know i know we've got a lot of clients who are, are always interested in, in investing um you know with someone um, are you mm-hmm. open to syndications or anything like that um, yeah, you know, um i uh, I would definitely be open to it for some of the larger
1: deals. All the smaller deals obviously are are no problem to deal with myself. but some of the larger deals sometimes, uh, there there is a, a need that would come up. You know, yeah. prop- properties like two, three, four hundred thousand, somewhere in that range where, you know, we're looking to double our money on those. And uh, so I think there's an opportunity if investors had some, you know, some fun sitting around, you know, the, the good part for them is they actually get the deed in their name. They close on so that they're sure. it's backed by like, but we, and then we just have a marketing agreement where where you know we split
2: the profits now. no that's so, a, that's a maybe, smart way to do it actually then yeah uh, you know it protects their money but it's yeah uh, exactly I mean I know if and, I
1: was yeah. if I was going to be sending you know a large chunk of change like that I would want to make sure that the property was in my name so <laughs> I, noticed, I know a lot of the land investors don't do it that way but that's the way I feel most comfortable
2: I think it's smart the way you do that I, yeah. I mean it truly protects you too in a lot of ways because you're protecting them which protects you but um I yeah. noticed when Clint and I were on a speaking circuit for years before kind of covid but, but a halt on it. We did a lot of speaking out, out on the West Coast. And towards the end, right before COVID hit, we started getting a lot of clients coming up to us asking us about land. And we hadn't had that before. So d- <laughs> is this becoming more popular? Because I'm kind of disconnected from that client base. I'm not out there anymore on the speaking circuit. And it was just starting to happen, where we were starting to get asked a lot about a land, land. For 20 years, we were asked about multifamily. That was Everybody asked us about multifamily. <laughs> But family. But that, that, towards the end, people were starting to ask about land. Are you seeing a trend with, with that where people are starting to see the the value in, in something like your business model?
1: I think it makes a lot of sense. And I, I do think that there is a little bit of the building momentum there. I think for a number of reasons. First of all, this business, you know, we have 60-day average hold times. Now, the bigger properties take tend to take longer, but on average, you know, that's when mm-hmm. it, when we group it all together, it's 60 days is what we're holding these properties for. I think for. it's amazing. That's shocking. I would have said I'm yes. shocked. Yeah. I would have yeah. thought years, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, so it's, it's an active, you know, it's an active, you know, cash flow generating business. Completely different than, you know, like the, the long-term holds in, in some way. Yeah. But so... There's a lot of interest in this because it's kind of like home flipping in a way. It's it's generating that active income, you know. So this is uh, similar to that, but a lot easier than than house flipping. I think there is people that are that are realizing that. Um, and I think the other thing that's kind of in this environment that we're in right now, uh, people are very interested in holding real assets rather than you know maybe they got burned by crypto or maybe they lost a bunch in the stock market and i'm not saying that those aren't real assets in some way but it's tough to beat land when you're talking about just a real physical asset which in an inflationary environment should actually go up over time you know just holding the property
2: you're preaching the choir on this yeah (laughs) um so
1: you know obviously it's um it's not income generating if you if you're just kind of holding it for a long term kind of buying in the path of progress or something like that but but it, you know using the this model I have it's uh it's kind of the active cash flow generating type business so and there are some models that that um, I think are starting to gain some momentum too with kind of the long term possibly income generating aspects of land you know with especially with the renewable energy side of things you know like building a
2: solar developing a solar farm or mm-hmm. a wind farm or something along those lines we were so just approached, really We we have 11 acres behind a warehouse that we have and we were approached uh by a solar company to the, mm. asking to put solar back there we're going to build some apartment not an apartment complex or or maybe yeah. an RV storage back there so so we turned them down but that that's an interesting to me that's a very well, It's
0: popped up everywhere yeah, here in Indiana it's, it's popping up
2: these everywhere. Solar farms.
1: Well, yeah, I mean places. there there's a big push to
2: Kind of change out
1: the whole electrical grid in the United States by twenty thirty five to renewable energy. So, wow. I mean, that's just an amazing amount of infrastructure they're going to have to do if they're going to have to make that happen. And it's going to be mostly solar or wind. Yeah. Um, so,
0: have, like, we'll yeah. kind of segue into the the current real estate market. You know, we in 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 our environment, you know, we saw. um you know, we do a lot of single family real estate investment and interest rates popping, you know, 5%, you know, made things a little bit different. It's not, you know, it didn't just completely do a 180 or anything, but... It caused a know, pause and a slight cool down. That was it. That was it. Yeah. Is, what, what, how does that translate into, into to land? Have you seen anything, any change, say, from, you know, mid to late summer to now in uh, the land market? Honestly,
1: it hasn't been that much of a change in the markets that we're dealing with. I mean, Mm -hmm. slight cool down, possibly, um, but it's weird. You know, land, you know, these residential like rural type properties are somewhat correlated to single family market. But then on the other side, uh, it's not as direct as you would think, because a lot of these buyers are cash anyhow. So they're not buying them with some sort of land financing who knows, they may be using a HELOC in their home or something to buy these properties, but it's not a direct, uh, you know, loan on these
2: properties. So your clients it, it, are the wealth then? A lot of your clients end up being wealth who want a little plague property. Is is that?
1: I think it happens that way. I mean, I don't have yeah. a lot of direct contact with the actual end buyer because we're using brokers for all of them. Right, right, of course. To sell them. But I think that ends up being the case. And I think also some people maybe, you know, some of these rural areas, they're buying a property where they're just going to wheel a mobile home out there or something like that, you know, or put a manufactured home on it. So I think that happens a lot too. But, um, yeah, for some reason, a lot of them end up being cached. So those, you know, the land in a lot of these areas didn't run up as fast and, it, and, you know, likely won't correct. Uh, like you know, single-family homes would as well. Plus, so I think we've got that inflationary thing working for us on the land side things too. But we're big you know, on this these
2: rural areas, the, the the kinds of areas you're mentioning. So we we have a lot of our single-family homes. Even plus, uh, I'd like to wheel a double-wide. I know. Middle of nowhere. I was going to say yeah. that Just escape
0: from. Everybody. I would too. I'd <laughs> like a double-wide and a,
2: and a gun safe, yeah. and I'm, that's all I need. I'm okay. set. I can I can hide my gold and silver out there, and I don't care what yeah. it happens. I'd love it. My wife and kids. I don't think that they would no, go for your it. wife would not wife, go. For she it. would not go for it. <laughs> But, uh, but, but we believe in these areas that you're focused on. I, I, it's kind of our secret niche. He didn't want to say a couple of the places where we're so focused on. But we're, you know, we have a lot of properties that are an hour outside of, an hour and a half outside of major metropolitan areas, and our tenants in those properties stay forever, forever, yep. and the returns are amazing on these properties, and you can get good. They're they're just really it's an interesting little niche. So in a way, we're already kind of dabbling in a similar market as you. You're in the the land part. We're more in you know single families in these areas, but we're big believers in it. We, we we've we've seen a real a real run up in demand for the, for living in those areas, especially after COVID, where people can live anywhere and they don't have to be near the major metropolitan because they can zoom in to work. And um, so so I I think that's an interesting niche you're in with a lot of growth potential.
0: So. When it makes sense, like, you know, we, we're here in Fishers, Indiana, and Fishers uh, is a, you know, really uh, popular suburb of Indianapolis, and, you know, we're in a very high traffic area. You're not going to go out here. There's there's some land across the street over there, you know, I think for sale for $2 million that, you know, it's going to be a developer that's going right. to come in. And two get, acres for yeah, $2 million. You know, and then that, two million I, I can't imagine, you know, whoever owns land like that is not going to be willing to sell it. I mean, they're selling it at full boat. I mean, they're selling it at full retail price, which means there's probably not much of a market you know, in it for guys like us or guys um, like you. So being out in the rural, area, rural areas, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah.
2: He's mailing letters to Kevin's uncle's Bob, uh, his cousin-in-law, <laughs> yeah. and saying, hey, that 12 acres yeah. Yeah. that yeah. is <laughs> overgrown, I'd like it. And then he goes in with a bush hog, makes it pretty, <laughs> tests the soil, and calls the local realtor yeah. and says, throw this baby on the market and he makes money that's right i mean it's that's it's right. a brilliant brilliant concept i love the business model it's really yeah
1: neat. it's it's fun i mean in a lot of these areas you know like this one in particular uh it was it was a little bit of a um little bit of a the order was a little off on these i i told my my local broker i'm like hey we're, we're closing on this property on thursday and he's like okay great so he sends me over the listing agreement one thing, it, it got delayed by a couple of days. And on Friday, he e- emails me. He's like, hey, I got an offer for you already. I'm like, uh, actually, we didn't close on this yet. Thank <laughs> so, you, man. I like, love uh, it. I, yeah. I should have communicated that, that we that got delayed. So, anyhow, we closed today. But, uh, but yeah, so, there's, you know, that that's uh, it was a good problem. They bought it for 58 and sold it for 99, and it didn't even really go on the market. So.
0: Well, I, I we love
2: it, and we appreciate you coming on today. I, we don't want to keep you forever. So. I want
0: to ask about the podcast real quick. Okay, yeah. Uh, your, your Turning Profit podcast, because yes. I always find it interesting whenever you've got a husband and wife working together, and they're all smiles all the time, <laughs> you know. Um, mm-hmm. Me and my wife, you know, she's my soulmate, uh, my life partner. But I tell you what, I couldn't imagine her and I on a podcast together. So, uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about the the Turning Profit podcast.
1: Yeah, well, we just launched it at the beginning of this year, I think the seventh or something like that. So we're really in its infancy.
2: We've been planning it for a while, but I think finally it's awesome. got off
0: the ground. I think it's yeah. great. I think it's great. I, I like the clips you've
2: done on TikTok from it. I think oh. the, the clips <laughs> are great. I mean, I, thank you. I, I got thank a kick of, of running through those. My attention span's <laughs> pretty short, so that's more my speed. Yeah, yeah. You know? But your, your yeah, TikTok content's hopefully, great, too.
1: Hopefully, get people interested in those yeah. cool sound bites, and maybe they'll watch the whole thing. Yeah, so, I, uh, I,
2: you know. yeah. We know personally you're on Instagram, TikTok. I've seen you on both of those YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. yeah. YouTube, yeah. YouTube, yeah. and then. Um, apple podcast spotify that kind of thing yeah all those all those yeah we highly suggest it i we enjoy it you know and well thank you
1: thank you i you know i'm i'm loving it and uh it's a great new journey and like when we do something i want to do it right so that was why it took so long for us to get it actually going but you know our dea- idea is to talk a lot about land flipping and then also uh, highlight some other areas of real estate investment i mean land flipping is not the only way to make money in real estate but yeah so we try to bring in some really smart people to talk
2: about the other stuff well you have a experience you you're you're kind of a renaissance man of, of real estate you've got a lot of experience <laughs> in other areas so you should yeah, you yeah should i mean, talk i, mean, I about think that. i feel like i know a lot about
1: a different a lot of different areas but i'm not an expert in all of them you you're, know
0: you know enough to
2: be dangerous <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: enough to be dangerous that's yeah. a good way to put it <laughs> well
0: speaking of bringing really smart people on i noticed where you brought your daughter on on uh, oh yeah one of one of your shows that had to have been pretty cool
1: Oh, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's my, I've got a 22 and a 20 year old daughter and also I've got a 13 year old daughter, but they both uh, took a little bit of an interest in what we were doing with the land flipping stuff. And they had, they had $8,000 saved up. And this was a year and a half ago at this point. And I'm like, hey, why don't I just throw you some of the smaller deals that are kind of extra ones? And uh, so, long story short, they took that eight thousand and they've parlayed it into uh, I think eighty four thousand at this point. <laughs> Holy uh, cow! Yeah, just doing uh, yeah. I think five or six land deals. So,
2: someone yeah. wanting to get into real estate of some sort, but with a very small budget, this w- this is something that they should pay attention to. They should listen to your podcast.
0: What a great yeah, lesson! Yeah, for and for your, your daughters, kids. and what is that is incredible. I love that. That's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. We both yeah, we're, we're both it's, in houses full fun. of estrogen. Also, he's We've got, got, got all two girls. daughters. Yeah. I've got two daughters. <laughs> all You've girls. Got three all daughters. Girls. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, that's <laughs> that's, that's, that's hilarious. all it is. And yeah. I threaten them all the
2: time that I'm going to leave them this company when I when I pass. <laughs> oh they, gosh. They're, yeah. they're scared to death oh, of all well, the work. Don't want to do that. Don't <laughs> <laughs> want to do that. But but again, we could talk all day. I'm fascinated by what you do. I I hope our listeners go check you out because I think they're going to pick up a lot of things. <laughs> not just on land, but on life experiences. He's living life right. He's bringing his family into what he does. He's passionate about what he does. He gets this stuff. He passes on great financial literacy. So pay attention to what he's doing. It may not be a good fit for you, but I guarantee you will pick up some really cool pointers that you can apply to lots of different areas in real estate. And I want to finish this with three questions. So, So real simple answers, but what's the best real estate decision you ever made? I have to
1: say right now, getting into land flipping—that's an easy. I mean, one. I love it. So yeah, I wish I would have done it sooner, but
2: oh well. Hey, you're living right. <laughs> you live
0: and you learn, you know. Yeah. But you're yeah. living
2: right. If if your answer to what's the best decision ever made is to do what you're doing, you, you're doing right. So yeah. all right, w- what real estate decisions do you regret? I regret not going all in on on
1: buying real estate when the market crashed. Um, I th- I got out of all the real estate at the time I should have been getting all in. So
2: that is such a hard thing to do to time right, <laughs> you know, emotion yeah. is so powerful and I don't know anyone that did do I it.
0: I mean right, it's though. so hard, especially, you know, we were we we were talking about, you know, uh, a, a pullback that we've never seen, you know, in our careers before. I'm I'm very thankful that that I went through it. I'm sure you guys would probably say the same thing cuz it taught us a lot. But yeah, I look back on that and like, man... Why didn't yeah. I pull the truck I back know. and just I know. do everything I possibly could? But
2: yeah. uh, we've, we've built, we've helped, we help a lot of clients build portfolios of real estate, and um, I look, we look at their portfolios now. You know that we've helped them build since 2000, really 2010. We got heavy into buying for our clients and holding, oh. and it's fascinating to look at the the what they own now, what little they owe. You know the tenants have paid practically oh, paid I'm off I'm sure those houses. clients
1: love you guys. <laughs> yeah, They do. I mean, they do.
2: It's, yes. it's really neat to see. But uh, the last question then is, what real estate advice do you have for the next generation?
1: Well, you know, if you're going to be, as far as a real estate investor goes, if you're going to get in the real estate investment game in some way, I would pick one particular niche and go all in on it and try not to get You know, the shiny object syndrome where you're kind of seeing what everyone else is doing and kind of looking at all these things and thinking that would be cool and kind of dabbling. It's so much better if you just focus, you know, pick a lane and just focus. And I guess once you get everything on autopilot and you get a great team kind of doing everything then maybe you can venture out into some of those other areas.
0: I think that's so. great advice. I see so many people, you know, put so many different irons in the fire within real estate. You know, they're whole they're wholesaling properties, they're flipping, you know, they oh I'm going to start managing properties myself. I'm doing all of these things and they do everything at a C minus level, you know, yeah. and if they just would focus on one thing, I think that's that advice is so powerful.
2: I'm thinking of one person I know in particular who's incredibly intelligent, and if he stayed focused, he could blow the rest of us out of the water, whatever he chose to do. But But instead, he's in everything and he does. He's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) He just fails at everything he does. But uh, that's great advice. And, again, we appreciate you coming on. Um, Tell us where we can find
0: you. Oh, yes. So um, our listeners, yeah, where, where best, we can find you? Yeah, best, best place would be to go to
1: turningprofit.com. That's kind of our central hub where you, you can then find our, uh, you know, links to our YouTube channel and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. But on there, I also do a monthly income report, which is breaks down everything about our land flipping business. So the revenue we took in, the gross profit, um, the, every single deal we did that month, like what we bought it for, what we sold it for, what we learned. Uh, how much profit we made, how many days we held it for, everything like that. So try to be as insightful as as possible and, and transparent as possible. And so that way, if you're if you have any interest in the land flipping business, at least you could see what kind of deals are being done and maybe what's possible. So I do that every month. So I think that's interesting content. But uh, yeah, love to have you check out our podcast as well. But all the links are on on the that website.
0: Well, Scott is going to be busy for the next three evenings now because yep. he's a data geek, and now he's going to be on there checking. <laughs> yeah, just out. just so, to warn you, I'll be on so there. So he's, yeah. he's, he's good, good. All right, I need he, the visitors. He's booked up for the rest of the week. People don't reach out to him. But uh, well, I encourage our listeners to 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 reach out and and you know check out Pete's. Um, you know, podcast and all of this you know, information on land. Scotty and I learned a lot from you today. And He's we really pulling back the curtain you.
2: on his website on everything. I don't know anyone else who does that. <laughs> I literally don't know anyone in this business that pulls the curtain all the way back and shows you it all. So uh, that's fascinating to me. Like you said, I'll be there for the next three days. You should too. Check it out.
0: <laughs> well, we thank you again, Pete. Thanks so much for, well, for coming you, on. Guys. This was a lot of fun. Uh, so that's our show. If you've made it this far, we'd really appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It really helps us to grow our podcast and reach as many people as we can to help them understand the world of real estate investing. You can also find some short form content on TikTok. Our TikTok is at the homeboys podcast where you can learn even more about the power of real estate. Till next time, homies. Happy investing.